Welcome to Business Matters with host Rob Capello, a podcast where we open the conversation on what matters for business. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First Credit Union, a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Uh, first of all, good morning. I know where Gordon is, it's afternoon, but for us, it's morning still. So good morning and welcome to our Business Live, or sorry, Business Matters live stream. Uh, my name is Rob Capello. I'm VP Business Development Now Media Group, and I'll be moderating today. Um, as I mentioned, we're live streaming on Facebook and on Zoom, so please do submit your questions. I su- I, I'm expecting lots of questions today, so get them in early. Um, we only have an hour with Gordon, so um, please uh, submit questions as quickly as you want, and I'll try to do my best to get to them. So um, being a marketing nerd, I'm, I'm super excited about having Gordon join us today. Um, today's all about marketing. We're going to talk about advertising, marketing, uh, and no one consumes more data um, and analyzes more data than, than the team at Burrell. So we're excited to have Gordon uh, be on a call. I was on a quick call with Gordon yesterday and just some interesting data that he's seen and we're going to cover that today and what uh, um, what's happening in the U.S. market and, and in the Canadian market as well. So, And I'm a big follower of, of Gordon. I, I consume as much data as I can or, um, through their podcasts and webinars and I encourage everybody after this call to actually go sign up because there's really valuable information for your businesses that uh, um, that they, they push out there. So um, one of my favorite quotes, I share this a lot, is doing business without advertising is like winking at a girl in the dark. You know what you're doing, but no one else does. And it's so important that speaks to how important it is to continue advertising because if you don't, you can, you can bet that your competitors are. So you got to make sure that you're in the market. And sort of during this pandemic, it's easy to sort of self-isolate, uh, you know, and stop spending. But there's a real, there's, I think we're seeing two different signs. Those who shine through an opportunity like this and those who don't. And we, and, and again, Gordon will talk about that on, you know, the businesses that are spending money and are seeing dividends on that as well. So, uh, so let's get started. I don't want to take any more time me yakking. So um, we have Gordon Burrell. Again, thank you, Gordon, for joining us today um gordon speaks at tons of conferences asked him as we're waiting to come on and he does about i think he said about 30 a year if not more and they do their big conference as well uh local media expert he's he's ranked as a top two percent among consultants worldwide quoted a lot on the world uh, sort of wall street journal new york times adage uh, forbes he's been on cnn and now you can say you've been on business matters gordon so <laughs> so the highlight of my career thank you thank you for having me yeah, thank you, thank you. So we're gonna get questions, but let's get started. Um, as questions come in, we'll moderate them and get them out to you. But I wanna start off, obviously um, the landscape in the US is a little bit different than what we're seeing in the Canadian market when it comes to the pandemic. But we were talking yesterday about, you've seen a shift, a little bit of a, a, a change in people spending dollars again. So, and I can't remember the percentage you're using, you're seeing some uplift in businesses starting spending dollars. So can you speak a little bit about what you're seeing businesses spending dollars and how much they've increased or what percentage are spending and how much are, and which ones are not right now? Sure, we, we don't track um, consumer spending. Uh, we yeah. keep an eye on it, but we don't actually track it. We track advertising expenditures. Yeah. Um, and the advertising expenditures that we've seen uh, over the past couple of weeks, the past month, have been really interesting. At first, we saw 44%, and this was in late March, of uh, businesses in, our, in the monthly panel that we do saying that they were going to maintain their spending or increase it. And 16% said they were going to increase their spending. And then we surveyed again just last week and found that it had increased by 10 points. So it's now 54% saying that they're going to maintain or increase their spending. We're going to do that again uh, in, in about two more weeks. So we'll, we'll do our May panel. And I think you're gonna see another significant increase. So what that means, Rob, is that advertisers, um, I hate to call them canaries in the, in the, in the, in the mine, uh, but they're signaling something to us. And that is they, are seeing that there is going to be a time when they increase their ad budgets, but more important, and it's soon, but more important than that, we're looking at this 16% back in late March and then 18% in late May or late April. 
saying that they're going to increase their spending and talking to them a lot and try to figure out who those people are that in during, during a time of crisis, they're actually upping the ante on their ad budgets. And are you seeing, I mean, you, you've, been through, you've been through downturns before, maybe not to this level that we're seeing now, but you know, when, how quickly are, do advertisers typically turn on the tap after a downturn? Because like I said, you've, you've seen this before. We've been through recessions and downturns in the past. This is the first one we've seen, right? So. Well, um, it's interesting. I have been through lots of different downturns and, and, and oddities in the market from JFK's assassination in 63 when I was just a kid uh, to the recessions in, um, in 70 and 80 and 90 and then in, in 2000 and of course 2008 um, and, and launched my business in a downturn in 2001 and launched a major new product line in the last great recession in 2008 and nine. And so, yeah, we have a lot of familiarity with uh, recessions and, and what occurs. So it's, it's hard to measure this one. There's, we've been here before, back yeah. to the great you know, depression in, in the 1930s. Um, we've been here before, but this one is, is a bit different. I'm, I'm looking in this direction because we have a chart here that shows change in GDP from one to three, four, five, six different uh, depressions or recessions, I guess, back, dating back to 1930. And we're tracking COVID-19 through the International Monetary Fund's numbers. And what we're seeing is that it's exactly tracking mm. the period for every other recession for the first 12 months of when it hit. Now, if it continues, and I don't think it will, and there's a lot of debate on this, right. if it continues the trend line, um, the only one that would be a little bit different or the one that would probably track along what we're seeing right now would see a pretty strong and fast uptick toward the end of the year or toward the end of the uh, you know, 10, 11, 12 month period after it started. So we see a real return to GDP in that period. What we talked about, Rob, um, and we talked about prior to the call, is this recovery seems spring-loaded, and that is everybody is stay at home for two months, and their kids are driving them freaking nuts, and and their spouses, right? And now the summer is coming; it's getting a bit warmer, and people want to get outside again. Plus, businesses are under phenomenal economic pressure, so all of that could make this just spring forward. Right. But we have some conditions out there that say, Ooh, you know, if that happens, you know, it may come to a, a you know, premature peak and then a, another collapse and then back up. Right. Th those are things we just don't know yet. Well, you mentioned as we were talking, you, it was interesting. I never thought, you know, China's 45 days ahead, I believe you said, from, you know, what we're facing. And, and you, you see some of the verticals that are rebounded quickly. You said real estate or, or was one that that sprung up real quickly there. And I, and I know we don't like to compare our markets, you know, because we're not the same, but can you speak a little bit about that, what you guys have been finding? Because you're obviously monitoring that as well. Yeah, the number of, uh, of filings for divorce quadrupled <laughs> when the stay-at-home orders were lifted. Uh, it's true in, good in for, China. Good for the legal companies then. So there, there are some parallels there, but not many because it's a very different advertising yeah, sure. uh, market in, in China. There's a lot more print and outdoor than, than most anything else. Right. Um, and, and it's all very government restricted. So there's not, not any parallels there. Um, but what a Harvard Business Review story showed um, a few weeks ago was um, it, it said, prepare for a quicker return than normal. And if you get into that discussion with people, it sort of falls along the lines of politics almost. And that is, oh, yes, but, you know, stay away, be careful, wear your masks, it's going to spring back, you know. Okay. But if you look at the data and the history, I think that article may be correct in that you'll have a faster spring back. And I think by midsummer, we're going to see who's right and wrong is with regard to, oh, we need to hold back a little bit more. And all the data yeah. suggests that we do. I mean, it really, really does. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, we also have this thing, of who the hell knows what's going to happen? Yeah. You know, restaurants open and, and HVAC people, people are installing things and everybody's, you know, back to advertising if they can survive, you know, the first two to three months of being shut down. 
Um, uh, so we don't know exactly what will happen, you know, in that in that period. So that's really uncertain, and it's just up to your what your opinion is. But just to summarize, it is spring loaded. I would expect to see a very fast, you know, spring back of advertising, and I think there's going to be a lot of it that goes to outdoor, to radio, and to print, and of course to digital. Um, and I do think that there's going to be an overall decline in, in advertising, no matter how much it springs back. You know, right. six months from now, we're still going to be way down, even though the first quarter, which ended in, in uh, March, actually looked pretty good. Pretty it wasn't good. all that bad. So it's going to be the question of, you know, what the second quarter looks like, which is going to be really bad. Yeah. Um, and then the third quarter is the big question mark. Interesting. We're starting to get questions and so it's great, but um, are you seeing, um, or is there certain verticals or sectors that are spending more than others now? I know you, you know, you, you guys do publish a lot of uh, data around, you know, say auto, auto sectors and so forth like that in other verticals, but are you seeing some sectors now that more than others that are maintaining their spends or increasing their spends? Not, n not necessarily. Okay. Um, you do see anecdotally some things that would make sense, and that would be, um, you know, landscape uh, uh, companies or home improvement companies, because everybody's, right. you know, at home thinking about yep. doing these things and buying mulch and stuff like that. You do see some interesting restaurants and things like that, but you see things that you can expect. So who's, you know, getting on an airplane right now? Airplane traffic, you know, in, in Canada and U.S. is down 95%. Right but the airlines are advertising like crazy. Um, who's, uh, who's buying jewelry? We see jewelry stores advertising. Um, we see HVAC, we see, you know, of course, restaurants, we see dry cleaners. What's that all about? It's, and it's a lot of what we're seeing is really creative messages. I was just a few minutes ago looking at um, this interesting research we had on from consumers uh, from, I believe, Ibis World, uh, which we use, saying that the that the kids are really really tired about hearing uh, uh, how you're COVID nineteen compliant and we're here for you, and how we've changed. In fact, one of the comments I think said, "I'm just I want things to stay the same. I don't want people to change. I'm really getting yeah. tired of these messages." Yeah. So you're going to begin to see a a much greater shift. I think everybody's going to rush into the market. Everybody who's you know still standing will rush yeah. into the market trying to sell roofing in, in markets where uh, advertising has, uh, or in markets where the stay-at-home orders have been lifted at least partially like Texas and uh, in Georgia and in a few other states, uh, we tested and found that uh, it was a lot of home improvement companies, particularly say roofing um, and, and other home improvement plasters and, and folks like that. Automotive was, was pushing really, really hard. Automotive sales have actually kept up pretty nicely during this period. So th that was a long-winded answer uh, to your question about which categories. It's kind of across the board. It's differentiated. Just give me 15 more seconds to make this point. Yeah, yeah. When we look at it, we go, hell, we can't tell which categories are advertising more, but we can tell the type of business that's advertising more, that 16 now, 18%. And they're characterized more by greater experience in marketing. That's who they are. These are the ones who are going to survive. Yeah, so the ones that don't have the knowledge or experience, or their first thing to do is just pause everything, stop. And, and, and they're going to pay, we were talking about this morning saying that I was looking at some of the data, you're saying you're 44% we're spending or increasing. So ad tags, you're over half that are either spending still or increasing. The other ones that are not, that's their competitors. Their competitors are out there spending dollars where they're sitting on the sideline. And um, someone in the office made an analogy that the, the, the racehorse is three laps ahead. You're not going to catch up if, you, if, if you're, you know, if, if you're not out there, right? Yeah, this is, this is a time, what we tell people, and we've had about three dozen webinars with over, over 10,000 advertisers on it. And I'm on one next week that they've invited a million people to, to listen in on. Mm -hmm. And what we've been trying to tell them is that now is the time to steal your competitors' customers. Your competitors, whether it's a, a, a lawyer, personal injury attorney, a car dealership, or whomever who's gone silent, um, their customers still want to want information in case, in, in a lot of cases, their customers are still buying. Yeah. And so 
while their their uh, the competitors are paralyzed, they can go in and steal their customers. We had a call um, or, or a question during one of our webinars earlier this week uh, from a dentist, and the person who handled marketing for a dentist said, "Oh hell, we don't need to advertise right now uh, because when we are allowed, because number one, we can't take business." And number two, when we're allowed to reopen, we don't need to advertise because we're going to be so booked up from all these people who, you know, had to postpone their teeth cleaning and, and everything else. So why should we advertise now or, you know, when we reopen? And my response was, well, go back to January and imagine where you were in January. Were you happy with the number of customers you had? Did you need more customers? Were you afraid that maybe competitors were taking away your customers? So hold that mindset from January and project it into October. That is where you will be in October, but worse, because what you're doing or what you're gonna do over the next couple of months if your state province opens up is you're gonna be so busy, probably keeping your same hours serving some customers, you know, that are backlogged that some of them are going to get pissed off and they're going to kind of go away. Right. If you don't do your hours or bring a new dentist on board, then you're going to lose customers. So you guys, it's the way you look at your marketing and look at opportunity in a, in a crisis that can make a really big difference in whether your business grows coming out of the crisis. Yeah, exactly. I know that's a valid point. Those are very valid. Are you seeing where where are you seeing uh, dollars being spent? Is there is there certain media that's getting more of this this spend now today than it did in January and February? Or um, we talked a little bit about earlier about you know there's real change in the local media landscape. Announcements yesterday here in Canada, 15 newspapers are shutting down, and and you mentioned I think you said 45 radio stations in 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 um, the U.S. had shut down. I believe you said. Where are they spending their dollars? Where 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 are people putting their their dollars into play or businesses? Sorry. Yeah, they're they're following. Uh, businesses are following the logic, and that is that more people are at home watching binge watching crap, right? And yeah. and watching TV, and that's actually coming to a close very quickly. There are only so many old episodes of uh, Breaking Bad, you know, that you can yeah. watch, um, and. Uh, and nobody's, you know, seems to be in their cars or not many people in their cars driving and nobody's right. outdoor. So outdoor radio and TV, uh, outdoor and radio have kind of suffered while television and particularly OTT, um, yeah. the on-demand programs that have advertising in them have done well. Digital generally has done well, not so much mobile because of the geofencing, you know, have been taking up a lot of the mobile uh, advertising, but the advertiser's perception is people aren't out and about, and so they don't need to intercept them when they go on a competitor's dealership lot, right? Right, right. Um, and, and surprisingly, you know, print media as well, and I would count in their newspapers, magazines, and direct mail. Uh, they've done well because newspaper readership and online readership of newspaper sites is, is way up. So are you seeing you, it's interesting you say the papers, because here, like I said, we, there was an announcement that, in, in, that some of the papers are shutting down, but your, your thought around that was that those papers are probably struggling to begin with and probably should have, should, should have been shut down, you know, months ago, same with the radio, right? Like the, these are the ones that are actually hurting and suffering are probably ones that were suffering before this. This was just sort of the last nail sort of thing, right? So. Yeah. When, a, when a, uh, inertia is, you know, probably the most powerful force. Um, and when trends occur, they occur over a, a, a long period of time and they, and they push up against inertia, they push up against habit. So they develop very slowly. And then when you have an economic downturn, that's a trigger that causes the trends to accelerate. So for many years, what we've had, at least in the States, these are some startling figures yeah. that not many people know, is that we have far more media companies than, than the market can support. Mm -hmm. if, you, if, you, if you take out, if you look at total digital advertising in Canada, it's about 13 billion, or total advertising, local advertising in Canada, it's about 13 billion, it's about 140 billion in, in the States. And more than half of that is spent digitally. If you take that out, what you see is a decline, a pretty steady decline in money spent on traditional types of media. And what you have is while you have that steady decline, you have the same number of entities, radio stations, newspapers, television stations, direct mail companies, outdoor companies right. in every market. Right. So here's a startling number. In the United States, on average, in every one of the 211 television markets, 
there are 128 local media entities vying for that shrinking pie. And that has not changed. That has stayed. Their average of about 40 to 50 uh, newspapers, weeklies and daily newspapers in the market, startling number. Yeah. And about 50 uh, or more radio stations in each market and wow. three or four TV stations. So what's happening is the, the less economically viable ones are dying because that economic trigger has occurred and stuff dies. Right. You know, it's like, okay, we can't survive anymore because half, basically half of the advertisers have gone silent. So that's the big issue. It's interesting you say that because one of the things of, uh, from we talk about is that you're fighting, like you said, that, that the pie is only so big. So you're, as a media company, you're, you're, you're fighting over that, that, that slice of the pie. But Google and Facebook take more money out of the local market than probably any of the local quote unquote local media here. So what are you guys seeing? Like how, how do local media, how, how does a, you say out of home, you've mentioned radio, there's digital that are local. How do they compete against the Facebook or Google when they have, you know, and then Amazon, we're not even talking about Amazon. We haven't seen a lot of Amazon come into this market yet, but it's coming like for sure. We know that, but I, I suspect a lot of the dollars are going to the Facebook and Google's and you're not seeing any of those dollars stay in the local market with the local media. Yeah, um, when Google came along, it was the first time that a uh, an outside entity or a, a media entity, if you want to call Google a media entity, yeah. uh, was able to take a significant share of advertising out of any local market without having a physical presence in that market. It used to be you always had to have a physical presence, whether it was a radio tower, a TV tower, a studio, a, a printing press, even right. the Yellow Pages folks had to physically send people in the market to make sales. Yeah. So, so that was a first, and then Facebook came along. Um, and the, so those were the first two waves, Google first, Facebook second, and now Amazon is a third. And we're just at the beginning of that. They did about $9 billion in, in ad revenue last year, and they'll, they'll be bigger. So you ask, you know, the question, you know, how much do they take it out of the market and how the local media can, um, it's probably, 15 to 20% of total advertising dollars are going to just Facebook and Google. Amazon is in there now with a couple extra points on, on top of that. Local media entities are taking out, um, I'm, I'm sorry, it's about 20 to 25% that Google and Facebook are taking out of the market. Local media entities selling digital stuff, if you look right. at digital, uh, they're taking about 15% or they're selling you know, 15%. So they're not out of the picture. They actually made close to $10 billion last year, local media entities, print, broadcast, et cetera, in selling digital stuff, basically on their own websites. Right. The, the question, you know, how to compete is, is an interesting one. And the, the answer is you have to kind of do what the blacksmiths did 100 years ago. And that is they looked out on the road and they saw their customers riding by in cars and not horses. And they didn't say shit, you know, horses are better and, you know, they're not going to break down and they don't need gas every 20 miles. And, you know, there are no roads, by the way, and the cars are going to, whatever. Yeah. Uh, they didn't say that. They said, damn, we need to put food on the table. Um, we better put up gas pumps because our role is not, our job is not to shoe horses, but to serve the transportation needs of this community. And they just happen to be cars now, right? Okay, so we're gonna learn how to fix cars. You can look at the manuals for blacksmiths. They had blacksmiths monthly uh, 100 years ago. And if you look at it 100 years ago, there are lots of articles about how to fix you know, gasoline yep. engines. So they were making that transition. So fast forward 100 years from you know, now, today, what does it mean? It means media companies need to realize that their main role, and this is going to piss off a lot of people in the news industry, the main role of any media entity is to help people sell things. It's not to inform the public. I mean, thank God, you know, they're there, they're doing that. That's fantastic. But those newsroom salaries, you know, the vast majority of a newspaper's newsroom salary, 70%, 60%, is paid by advertisers. And unless that media entity, that company gets that right and helps those advertisers sell things, they're not going to have money to support that noble journalistic cause that they have. Mm -hmm. So when they do the blacksmith thing, and that is step back and go, 
well, we're not just supposed to inform the public. We really do need to help people sell things. What they can do is they can help them with their Google keywords. They can help them with their Facebook and their Twitter and their TikTok and everything else. Um, social media activity. They can do creative for them. They can help them design and place banner ads. So they have to sort of broaden what they're able to do and become a lot more like a marketing agency than a media company. Exactly. Yeah, I know for sure. And I, and I think you're seeing some of that as well. I know there's some uh, some companies that, that get that and do it really, really well. And unfortunately, there's some, it's hard. Some of the legacy media sometimes struggles pivoting to that, right? And, and, right. So that's where the struggle is. So the, the funniest thing, Rob, is to have, uh, I'm not going to pick on radio. Yeah, pick on radio. What the hell um, is, is to have some radio people or TV people or whatever say, oh yeah, okay, we need to be consultants. That's right, we're gonna be marketing consultants. And so they go to the advertiser, and we know this because the advertisers tell us in open-ended comments what this is going on. And they say, I'm sick of this radio person coming to me and saying, how's your business doing? I really wanna help you. Tell me what your needs are. I wanna figure out how best to serve you. And after a couple minutes, guess what the solution is radio. that will serve them? <laughs> radio, you know, surprise, they kind of knew it going in. You know, just once I would like them to do, you know, what the Santa Claus did in the Miracle on 34th Street. And that is say, you know, you probably need to go over to, to Gimbel's. You know, he works for Macy's, but he says they have that toy over at, over at Gimbel's. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, become a little more rounded and suggest that, you know, if you really have that the customer's interest at heart, that they go buy something else that's going to work better for them. Yeah, no, for sure. Um you, you speak in a little bit, you just did a webinar um, on the grand reopening, I believe you called it. I think that was the title. So we don't know what that looks like. We're not sure what that's, it's happening. It's, we're going to slowly start seeing it for sure. So what can businesses do right now to prepare for that? And are we going to be seeing a lot of, do they have to go out and push a bunch of deals and promotions and discounts to get their clients back? Because now consumers are, are you seeing the opposite? You're thinking that you're saying it's spring loaded. So are people going to be itching to spend those dollars and get those services again. Yeah, um, it's going to be easy for the next couple of weeks because there are too many advertisers that are, are still thinking about their advertising and not actually right. placing ads. And you still have a little bit of a swell in the media usage right now because people still, for the most part, are at home. That's going to change as, as the orders are relaxed and the weather warms up. So there's a window that's closing, I would say, over the next two weeks by mid-May. Uh, uh, that window will be closed. And then what will happen is everybody will go, oh, okay, we need to advertise. We need to tell people we're open. That's the messaging that you will initially see. Two things. And the consumers tell us that's what they want to hear right. from the advertisers. Number one their status. Are they open or are they just doing delivery and what are their hours? And number two, are they COVID compliant, basically? Uh, yeah. You know, are they only filling every other booth? Uh, yeah. Do they have hand sanitizer? Are they wiping down the, you know, the door handles and you know, stuff like that? So we'll see that ad nauseum until the end of May, and then it will all look the same. And then in June, you will see if, you know, if it continues and everything is okay and we're not, you know, hitting peaks again, um, and everybody's out and wanting to be happy and, and go out to restaurants and do everything. What will take over, I think, very, very quickly are deals. Groupon was born in the last Great Recession, and it went from $11 million to like $2.5 billion in two years on the exact same condition. So there are different things that are in place now than were in place when Groupon was around. Uh, we know there were some flaws to that business model. There is a lot more social media now than there was in 2008, yeah. 2009, but that same framework of deals and what that is are two things. One, consumers not really willing to spend all that much money because they didn't make that much money. Uh, so you're gonna have to do something to entice them. And then businesses throwing open the doors and saying we're here and not seeing that many people come in. And they're gonna go, oh, hell, we really need to get people in they're going to go and, and media companies really wanting to barter and say, okay, well, we'll sell these gift certificates for, you know, $10,000 um, in total gift certificates, you know, a hundred dollar gift certificate to a yeah. restaurant or HVAC deal or whatever. Um, and we'll use that as, as barters as people, you know, buy them. 
uh, and that will that's what we'll use for our money. So those type of deals will be phenomenal, uh, and they'll be they'll be out there like crazy. Yeah. And those are not great things to have in the marketplace. Discounted services, you yeah. know, that are really valuable. So it's going to be very very tough to navigate that that noise. Yeah, I know that's an interesting comment actually because yeah, you're. I would think about the travel industry. There's going to be when and if you decide you're going to go on a plane, you're going to probably get it for next to nothing, right? So, and that's not good. Like you said, that doesn't put businesses in a good position because then you're discounting your services, right? Yeah, you, you, what you'll also find, Rob, I think, is that um, businesses aren't dumb. Yeah. Not all of them, some yeah, are. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and what they'll do is, let's say it's a roofer, you know, and they're going to do roofing for like half price, like a Groupon deal, you know, right now. But then when you buy it, you probably won't have read the fine print, you know, who who reads the end user license yeah. agreements, right? Um, and when you go to get that roof, you'll find it's the cheapest damn shingles, you know, they're made out of uh, um, construction paper. Right. Um, and they're going to use plastic nails. Yeah. Uh, and the cleanup will cost $500 extra. Right. So, so you'll have those types of things. My yeah. daughter, uh, who's up in New York, actually had uh, COVID a couple weeks ago, I got contracted virus. Uh, she said, I need to get the hell out of here, dad. Um, me and my boyfriend want to go to Cancun and guess what? We found round trip tickets for $245 a piece. Wow. So, you know, they're going to be sitting way in the back of the plane, uh, yeah. but hell, that's, that's a great deal, but you're absolutely right. It's now is a really good time to get deals, but read the fine print because businesses are going to need to find a way to make up the difference. Yeah, no, fair enough. You mentioned earlier a uh, jewelry store that was advertising store. So you guys talked to literally thousands of businesses um, uh, and you probably seen some really unique pivots in the last few weeks or last few uh, months on what clients are doing. Is there a few that come to mind to you, a, a client that's really pivoted that that really caught your attention to say, wow, like these guys are thinking like they're, they're, they, they, they didn't just go sit in the corner. They're actually reinventing either the way they've done business or how they're doing business. Yeah, there, there are a lot of them. I don't think I can name them because uh, I just can't recall the, the right. names. Uh, yeah. one, one would be U-Haul. U-Haul is uh, uh, remarkable for its ability to tap into the mindset. And that's what a number of these examples really represent, tapping into the mindset of consumers. Yeah. And what they realized early on back in uh, early April was that kids, you know, typically move out of uh, college, you know, when their lease expires in, you know, late June or early August and, you know, need to move back into a different place um, or moving out and need to do something with their belongings for, for whatever reason. They thought, well, wait a minute, all of them are going to go home mm -hmm. um, and there's going to be a mad rush to do this when their lease expires. So they advertised, not only can we help you move right now, and this was way early, um, but we can also put your belongings in storage. And I've got a daughter in college and she needed that and we use that. So tapping into that mindset of the consumer, there was a, a, a local executive um, uh, clothing store, Tom James, that, that I use and they, they come to the office, they do a fitting and things like right. that. And they uh, started pushing out emails that said, look good from the waist up. So that I do. If I stand up, you'll see my pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, just tapping into the mindset, there was a a dog kennel that, that and this was funny, that you know decided, oh crap, nobody's coming in because nobody's going on vacation and putting their dogs in in a kennel as they go on spring break and and Easter vacation and things like that. So they got a dog, um, uh, an old dog, just kind of staring at the screen. And its mouth was was moving and 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 it had like white whiskers and just looked yeah. really kind of almost angry. And it it was it was saying, these people every day at home on the computer walk at me five times a day. I need a vacation. Give your dog a vacation, send them to the kennel where they can be with other dogs and run around oh, and they'll yeah. get groomed and everything. So it was the idea of tapping into the mindset of people while everybody else, competitors went silent and becoming you know, very creative with, uh, with new products. We even had a tailor, small uh, tailor alteration shop. You know, nobody was coming into that shop. So she took 
<laughs> I guess the material that people left behind and never yeah. picked up. And she she made uh, uh, face masks out of them and sold face masks. And people snapped them up. It was crazy. So it's certain levels of creativity. The jeweler just briefly yeah. um, realized that there was money on the move, and that is people you know, not able to go on vacations, but, yeah. and, and people still having anniversaries and things like that, and just made it easy for people to buy. And then there was another one that said, we'll sanitize your jewelry. You're sanitizing your hands. Don't forget to do your jewelry too. You know, bring it in, drop it off. We have a little drop box. So a lot of creativity. Uh, that's interesting. That's very, I love the pet one. That was a great one. I got to go. Yep. Look um, last one. And then when there's some questions that we want to jump to that the, uh, the audience is asking again, I encourage people that are tuning in, please do uh, type in your questions and we'll get to them as best as we can. So in the market we're in, you're seeing uh, a lot of service industry that were sort of mandated to close physiotherapists, you know, dentists aren't open massage therapists, chiropractors, so forth like that, you know, hair salons. Do you still encourage them to advertise during this time, though, even though they're closed? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good idea to say I'm still here, and it's a good idea to figure out how to stimulate activity. If you look back a hundred years ago, you see what Kellogg did to post cereals during the Great Depression. If you look back during 9/11, you see what GM did to its competitors during you know that particular crisis, um, and you, and you can just see so many examples about that that say. If you want your business to continue to grow, a crisis is actually a great opportunistic time, as horrible as that may seem, to collapse your competitors who are just going to be paralyzed. Um, it's a great time to, to be smart and to be a smart marketer. So if your doors are closed, you have to become very, very creative. Is there another product that you can deliver that's more in tune with what people have? There's a yes and a no to that in some cases. Yeah. With a dermatologist, what we saw is a dermatologist calling its insurance company and saying, hey, if we do uh, uh, counseling uh, and do dermatological appointments via video and people you know, put their elbow up to the camera and say, what's that rash look like to you? Um, you know, is that a valid diagnosis? And the insurance company said, sure. So, um, so they set up and they advertise, you know, we can, we can still see you, but virtually, um, and your insurance company will pay for it. So they're doing a diagnosis and they're calling in prescriptions. Um, in some cases, you can't do that. In the case of, say, you know, a dentist that's mainly just doing cleanings, right. uh, all right. they can do is emergency stuff. So what you need to look at is, can you pre-sell? Uh, can you set appointments now in the event that you call the dentist's office when it's open and the line is busy, or you just can't get an appointment because they're booked until, you know, August? Get them, you know, to book right now so you can start booking up. So you're yeah. securing your business to prevent somebody else from taking it. Um, and then the other thing is, there's a lot of online transactions that can be done right now, you know, as well. You can pre, we see one um, uh, not amusement company, but a, a theme park, um, not open, not sure when it's going to open, uh, but pre-selling to say, you know, half price, you know, and uh, for when we open and they have, uh, the theme park stays open into the fall, into the Christmas right. season as well. So it's like, wow, this is a really good deal. So you're buying it on hope, but you're also only paying half price. So they right. got money coming in the door. They just took away money from a competitor when that company goes, well, I thought we were going to go to Bush Gardens, but now we're going to King's Dominion because we already bought tickets. Yeah. So it's not a good time to stay silent. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Well, there's a question a lot kind of that continues that is that, um, uh, one of our the audience members asked, where should mom and pop small service businesses be focusing their marketing for most bang for their buck? Should they wait till you have a larger budget and do a multi-prong campaign or, you know, look at Facebook, Google ads, print media, radio or such, or should you just spend as you get the money um, uh, or even look at something like a direct mail drip campaign? So what's your thoughts on like, so the small, medium sized businesses now, um, should they just, should they be you know, what should you be looking at that's going to drive their best, their best uh, return for them today? If you're a small, medium-sized business, then you know what risk is and that you know you can't be run a successful business without taking an appreciable amount of risk and you can't be lazy. Yeah. Um, you know, your business is just going to die. You have to keep working and keep working and keep working. And so people in mom and pops right now are going, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tough. Uh, you get the glory of owning the business, but you really have to work really, really hard at it. 
I would, and I'm going to look at you directly in, in your eyes uh, and, and, and say this, I would go out and borrow money uh, at, a, at a low interest rate, single digits, of course, to advertise right now. Now is the best bang for your buck. Where? Let me address that in a moment. But let me tell you that you've heard before, and it's, it's sometimes it's BS, uh, that advertising is an investment, you know, it's not an expense. Okay, well, if you invest it in the right locations, it is. Uh, but now I am telling you that it is a really, really good investment because you have media companies willing to bargain with you. A lot of them have stimulus programs where they're going to match your grant or match uh, uh, the amount that you spend. You should look for that and ask for that. They're hungry. They're local businesses. They're marketers. They want to help you. So go make a deal with them. So, so I would definitely find a way to spend as much as you possibly can and take on a bit more risk. Now is the time to take on risk. If you're a smart marketer and you know what you're doing and it, it's going to be a little different for each business. So it's kind of hard for me to just give you blanket yeah. advice. Yeah. The, the other thing is just the type, the types of media. You really do have to go where the people are. I mean, that's, you know, what good marketing is. Find out where your customers and non-customers or potential customers are. My fear with social media, which is a good thing you should do social media, is that it's basically an echo chamber. And that is, you know, it, it's kind of like walking into a room where all your customers are and advertising, especially if you're going to advertise, you know, a, a coupon or a discount. Well, you're discounting your services to, you know, your current businesses. You want to get outside of that room, right. that chat room or social room. And you want to use mass media. Uh, and now is, like I said, a great time to do that, whether it's, you know, outdoor, which I know is a bit limited in Canada. Uh, but print media is still kind of strong and have an older demographic. Radio is, is good. Television is good. So I would look at a mix of digital media, which tends to be very, very targeted, and mass media, which is going to pull in customers you don't even know that, you know, you'd have. Yeah, no, that's 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 a great uh, great advice as well on that. So, I mean, yeah, because our market is you know mainly small, medium sized businesses in a market that we're in anyway. So, but they all got to advertise, like you said. The the need is the same. Doesn't matter if you're Coca Cola yep. or not. I, I I remember being at a conference years ago, and it was uh, one of the marketing people from McDonald's there, and they said that if they stopped advertising. They, they could be out of business. And, and I'm sure he's being a little facetious, but not like that, how competitive that market is that even a company that size has to c continue to spend dollars. Right? Yeah. Uh, your comment, by the way, when you open it, which was just a little creepy and that was, you know, blink <laughs> at a girlfriend in the dark. I mean, who does that? That's kind of weird. Uh, but, but it brought to mind, Rob, um, what's a, a statement that's attributed to Henry Ford, but actually what wasn't his, and that is stopping your uh, advertising to save money is like stopping your watch to, to save time. Well, you know, what a, what a great quote. Yeah. The other quote is from uh, Adolf Fox, who's the, was the publisher a uh, hundred years ago of the um, New York times. And it's a great one. He said, all advertising is news. If it isn't news, it's worthless. So think about that. Your advertising has got to have some element of news in it to really be useful. And what is the news, you know, right now? The news is going to be we're open. The news is going to be we're, you know, COVID compliant. And the news is going to be very quickly, here is a better reason to come eat at our restaurant or buy our HVAC services or buy our mulch or buy our jewelry then go on to the other guy. So you're going to have to have come up with some type of, you know, really great news that's going to attract attention. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, one other question is, do you think that consumer behaviors are going to change based on this long term? Are, are we are we seeing a new norm when it comes to the way that consumers are going to be interacting with a media um, and then what how, how they're spending? Obviously, e-commerce is big now. Um, do you think it's a new norm or do you think people are going to want or crave going back to what they used to do? Um, the new norm is just kind of an overused term. Things things do change. Yeah. Um, I guarantee you about two years from now, um, there ain't going to be too much that's different, but there will be different products that kind of pop up. Um, things, things happen during a, a crisis that accelerates a, an idea or a brand. Microsoft, Airbnb, um, a lot of other companies, Apple, uh, were all launched during a, a crisis. And it wasn't the intent to launch during a crisis. It was that, wow, what perfect timing um, during the Great Recession when 
you know, people weren't traveling all that much or didn't have all that much money for an extended period of time to say, hey, you don't need to spend $300 on a hotel room in New York. You can spend 125 or rent my bedroom. Right. Um, you don't have to, you know, a, a kid rent a car or wait till you're 21 to rent a car, need a, a credit card and spend $35 a day with Hearst, Hertz. Um, you can, you know, use Uber. That's great. You don't, you know, just need to rent a car at all. Just use Uber. Don't use a taxi. So there are things that are going to occur. I think e-commerce will probably take off quite a bit more because people are accustomed now much more to buying stuff online. And because businesses are going to facilitate that even more, a lot of them were caught flat footed with not having some type of online um, appointment setting or online order ordering of, of stuff. Uh, many companies did, but a lot didn't. So that's going to change. We're going to be much more comfortable with ordering stuff online. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I think we're probably be, becoming a bit more comfortable with, with media habits. All of us have learned a bit more, you know, the, where the programming is on our confusing, uh, you know, cable <laughs> or OTT programs and how to get to it and how to record it. And I think the other thing that has changed is it's just going to be really difficult to come up with a good reason to wear pants after this occurs. So <laughs> that's interesting. That's funny. Well, maybe you can just walk around in pajamas. I see lots of people doing that. So maybe the, cool the hell not. I see people traveling that way now. Yeah, there you go. Um, any advice for a tourism based business? So our market's very, you know, tourism is a, is a big sector, a uh, big vertical here. So, uh, very you know uncertain right now when and if we're going to have people traveling into this market what advice would you give a, a tourism-based business right now yeah there's a train going by right now you might be able to hear it <laughs> and it's gone somewhere and there are people yeah. on it not many um i think people are going to be very very eager uh to to travel again my wife and i have been talking about it uh my daughter wants to get the hell away and go to you know cancun so there's a lot of a lot of pent up demand. I think the trick is is going to be to create some level of messaging that really taps the mindset of, of people. I don't think you can just get back to, hey, we're a great place to go because uh, everybody's going to be doing that and, and you should come here. Um, but find a way to kind of tap into that pent up demand, give them some type of, of special deal. Um, intersect into uh, social media and social circles because travel involves, particularly with a younger generation, I'm, I'm a baby boomer, but you look to the millennials and you look beyond them and they love to go to places where they can take selfies. Yeah. So if you have any selfie opportunities, um, those tend to be great social media reposts and shares and they can build some level of, of momentum. So the travel, you know, destinations that, that are kind of picturesque and people go to, I would say contests, um, trying to get folks, which is American, Air, American Airlines is, is pretty big into this uh, now, where will you go next? Um, yeah. You know, and people will enter it and they'll tell you where you want to, tell you where they want to go. Somebody's going to win a vacation. And then what does American Airlines have? They have probably tens, if not hundreds of thousands of yeah. customers telling American Airlines where they want to go, guess what they're going to get next? A special offer to go there. Yeah. So some type of contest, I think, can begin to collect names of leads of people that would be very helpful in, in the travel industry. It's interesting because we haven't talked about this, is, uh, and I know you guys uh, speak about, e about email marketing. Like we've been talking about media, radio, newspaper, digital, social. But I, I think I'll, um, we're big believers of making sure we build good databases for our clients. And, and can you speak around that a little bit of the power of what you're just saying, ability to have a database now in driving contests, you could build that database so you can communicate with your clients a lot easier moving forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, Rob, because um, what we found is that many, many, many businesses um, do not have an adequate database of customers and potential customers you know, they might have put a fishbowl out in the counter and got, uh, you know, business cards of people, you know, giving away free lunch every month or something. And then somebody forgot to, you know, create an email database. <clears throat> but we know that that is true, not only of regular businesses, but also media companies. 
remarkably, a lot of media companies do not have a database of customers and current customers. It's phenomenal. So now is the time, yeah, 10 years ago is the time to do it actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now is even a better time because of, and that window is closing because people, people are sitting at home and they're clicking on crap, right? And so their desire to enter contests or dream about going to uh, Acapulco or something like that, or you know, win a new pair of pajamas, I don't know, uh, is great. And so they're, they're much more willing to give you their contact information and building up those databases is really important. And then watching if you have a website, understanding Google Analytics or whatever you might have plugged in, yeah. um, you know, what Google keywords are being used and how your site is reacting. A lot of businesses, Rob, just don't have the time for that. They're, they're too busy, you know, being a plumber, fixing lakes or, you know, cutting flowers if they're a florist. Yeah. And we've always advocated that they do it, but have to realize too that they don't have internally the resources to do that. So it's important for them to find somebody who's got a vested interest in uh, helping them do that. It's typically an ad agency, but who can afford an ad agency if you're, you know, two or three, you know, employee florist or a barbershop, right? Often a media company will do that and they'll help with email management. They'll help with contests and promotions. So we see a perfect opportunity right now for, all of these businesses have taken on more and more of their own internal marketing tasks. Well, we'll post this on Facebook or we'll do something on Twitter or we'll shoot our own video. Right. Um, you know, not having the internal marketing expertise, but actually being able to acquire it by dealing with a media company that also has a greater level of savvy as to where to place those messages. So helping out with their own database, you're absolutely right. And all of their data and being able to read it is just really an important part, increasingly so, of understanding what's going on with your business and where your potential customers might be. It's interesting, there was a slide that you had in one of your webinars and it, it was uh, caught me off guard on how much money quote unquote is allocated to internal marketing, like the amount of dollars that are spent um, by clients trying to do this stuff themselves. It was, uh, it was it, yeah, it's, it's right over there on that screen. My, <laughs> my other screen, if I could whip it around here, let's do this. This is so, this is going to be so awkward. Um, but there's the screen and there's what it shows and it's backwards, isn't it? Okay. I'm sorry about that. Um, but what, what it shows, and we're just looking at it a little earlier today, uh, for those of you who, who hadn't seen it, is that we, we asked businesses back in September that participate in our surveys how much how much they're spending on internal digital crap that they're doing, right? Everybody's doing it. And they said, I don't know. <laughs> so we said, I mean, it wasn't exactly in that language in the survey, but that's what it equated to, right? So we said, wait, we'll figure it out for you. Uh, so do you do social media management? You know, and they click yes. Do you, do you have you done website design in the past year? Click yes. Email management, reputation management, SEO, uh, listings, claiming, and video production. So if if they did any one of those things, we came back and said, okay, you said you did video production. Um, how much do you have external uh, staff or contractors or people you you pay money to? Right. If yes, how much money? If you, you do you do it internally, how many staffers uh, do it? and how many hours a week, you know, or a month maybe, I think it was. So we took all that for every one of those categories and we added it all up and we regurgitated it. it said, says you do social media management, website design and reputation management and that portions of it was external and portions of it were done internally. This is how much you spend. On average, you spend, and this is the average for everybody, $126,000. And in every case, when we asked people to respond, they said, holy, we didn't know that. We didn't realize that. Um, and I did it for our company and we came up with this phenomenal number and, and I immediately just changed my thinking. Yeah. So the, the, the average business spends six figures, small business on these things and 60% of the cost is internal. Here's the kicker. The people that have doing this stuff are, are novices. You know, it's the secretary with an iPhone, the best iPhone shooting the video of the owner talking about how they're COVID-19 compliant. <laughs> and the video is kind of going like this. So uh, it's screwed up. Uh, it's just really kind of messy out there, but there are some opportunities if you can kind of understand what's going on and, and how to fix that. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Yeah, that one really surprised me. I remember seeing that slide. Um, probably we're, we're just 
coming to the end here, but I do, there's a question about um, someone's looking to launch a new business in the marketplace in the next uh, 12 to 18 months in, in around uh, the travel tourism businesses. Is it advised to do that given the, the environment? Uh, well, like I said, if you want your business to really uh, grow and, and thrive, pr now is probably the best environment to do it um, because it's much, much easier to, it sounds weird, but it's true. It's much, much easier to launch a business in a crisis than it is to launch it in good times. Mm -hmm. It has to be properly financed. That's the big constrictor. Um, if you're not properly financed, you don't have the money then it is more difficult during these times. But if you're properly financed, it's like, okay, everybody else is handicapped. You're in a race and everybody's on the sidelines changing their tires or looking out, worrying about, you know, the thunder clouds, you know, coming up. Get out there and race. You know, the, the, the track is not as crowded right now. And it's a great opportunity. Your competitors, you gain more voice during a, during a period like this. Um, and your competitors more than likely, and this is the big advantage, are going to continue to try to operate on their old systems right. when this is an opportunity for new systems to kind of come in into play. Microsoft was a very new system during the the, uh, the recession of you know the late 70s, and it was like wow, you know what a terrific time to to create this opportunity, and it sort of stalled IBM, you know on. Complete. It was a huge company that could have just absolutely crushed Microsoft. And there are other examples of that as well. So now is the best time to launch a business, go out and get some cheap financing uh, for your for your marketing, your technology and everything else. It's pretty easy to get these days. Um, and that window also may close. I don't think it's going to close very fast. Right. Um, you run up your credit cards. If you've got low interest rates on them, borrow from family, go for it. It's a great time. Uh, last question, a little bit, a little bit different from media, but around messaging. Is there are there any no go zones today in messaging? Is there anything that we should be? I know you mentioned there's COVID nineteen fatigue when it comes to messaging. We're open. Here's what we're doing. What's some discussion around what we should be putting out in the market? Um, well, let's not look at the at the, at the past because yeah. there were some their faults there. But what good does that do you? Uh, looking forward, there is. Um, kind of fatigue toward the word COVID-19 and coronavirus, and they are negative words. And it's, it's, not, it's gonna be increasingly not good to link that word with your brand. Um, if you're sending out an email, don't put it in the subject line. How many emails with that in the sub subject line have you gotten? Um, you, don't, you don't wanna be crass. It's not a good time to make a mistake. Um, because it will be held up to ridicule, especially in social media, if you appear to be really too opportunistic. Um, but you are going to have to to take some risks. You don't you don't want to make fun of any one group, and there are two. There are two that think you know uh, everybody's lying to you and everything's fine, and you just go ahead and everything's going to be perfect and wonderful, etc. And then there's another group that thinks you're idiots and you should be much more careful and everything else. Don't make fun of, of, of either group because we don't know which one is right. I don't. Um, but sit back and watch because it's going to be really interesting. So, so be really, really careful, I think, with any messaging that is, uh, is intended to be funny. Those, you know, you want to do that because, you know, hell, everybody wants to be funny, yeah. but you also have to be really careful to the sensitivities. I'll also just tell you this, that um, if, <laughs> this is my motto, if you're not pissing off somebody every day, uh, you're probably not growing. Um, you need to really push and move forward. So there's a certain amount of risk that you're going to have to take. You don't want to piss off more than one or two percent of the people, though. So be careful. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, it, it ain't bad sometimes to step on some toes and push the edge and get a little uh, attention. Uh, and there are many, many examples of that. Just be really, really careful if you're not an experienced marketer. Make sure you run it by somebody who will be happy to tell you that's a stupid idea, as opposed to your closest friends are going to go, "Oh, that's freaking genius! You should do that." That's why I have so many naysayers around me and my life is miserable because they provide the most valuable advice. 
No, that's great. And, and that's a good way to end. We're almost at uh, the top of the hour is the takeaways. Everyone has to go piss somebody off today. That's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Just one person and in, 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 in a minor way and in a way that would be productive to your own business. Yeah, no, but that's great. That's, you know, sometimes as marketers or sorry, businesses, you get scared to go out and oh, we had one, somebody call in and didn't like our messaging. And all of a sudden we pause and we worry about it when I agree, I've been saying that all the time, the bit brands has been successful they didn't do it without get you know having naysayers along the way right so yeah yeah don't be boring yeah well thank you gordon thanks for spending the thanks. time I, I could talk another three hours with you so thanks so much for being part of it hopefully um we can get you back we can get you up into the beautiful okanagan and do some wine tasting one day when things uh are loosening up a bit so again really appreciate all the insight um we uh we really appreciate you taking the time today and, and coming on with us and and we understand the value of community and we've always standard the matter or sorry the value of business and we try to support each other to get through this and uh, this is our little hopefully value back to the community that we can that we can do so Great, Rob. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And I hope everybody uh, enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks, Thanks for tuning in. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Matters with host Rob Capello. If you're interested in being on the show, reach out to us and join the conversation. 